This is Agents Influence Podcast. You've heard me say this before, little listeners, that if you try to change, you're only going to fall behind. It's about transformation. Sometimes that seems like lip service, but really it, it means a lot. There's a whole lot packed into that because we always think, well, we've got to change. Well, we've got to be receptive to change in a lot of things, but not right now. Right now in technology and in our industry, specifically the independent insurance industry, we need to see the transformation, not change. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. So I hope that you enjoy this special episode of Agents Influence because I'm kind of doing something different in the way that I've never done this before, but I have a big presentation that I have to do next Tuesday. And I thought to myself, like, I think it's a good presentation. It gives a little bit of a summary of a a part of The Great Separator. And I thought, what a great time than to share this with you. So I'm having this big breakfast on February uh, 4th, which will be um, around 7.30 to 9.30 on Central Standard Time. So if you happen to be listening to this, because I'm going to release it on Tuesday, if you happen to be listening to this, then boom, uh, you can have, uh, maybe you're probably listening to it as I'm really giving it. I don't know. But what I wanted to do was not only did I want to give this presentation, I thought, you know, I'm just going to do it and record it like a podcast. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. What if I do it? How could I do it with actually the slides? So some of you guys are listening to this as a podcast, and some of you are actually getting getting ready to see me deliver it with actually the visuals as well. Never done this before, so I hope it works. If it doesn't, we'll at least get some something out of it, right? So what I was asked to speak for is at the Edwardsville Breakfast uh, Economic Forecast. And it's something that's put on by Walt Williams. And really, he's done a really good job. He's the economic director, uh, development director here in Edwardsville, Illinois, where I live. And if you if you don't know, Edwardsville, we have a university here. It is a very, it's a, you know, smaller town, 20, 25,000 people, maybe 40 to 45,000 if you include all the kids and, and other things. But it's a small town. Um, we're actually on the other side of the river of St. Louis. So we're in Illinois, but literally St. Louis is 10 miles from me on the other side of the river. But it's a, it's a it's a nice town. I mean, you will see Ferraris in the town. You will see an occasional Lamborghini. You will see a lot of Audis and Benzes and nice vehicles. And there's it's a it's a very nice area to especially to raise your kids. But so by me being new to this community, only being here for a year and a half, and them listening and hearing me uh, speak at a local chamber event, I was approached by Walt, and he said, you're exactly who we need to host uh, our breakfast next year. And I knew about this breakfast from the first year I was here because I heard a lot of talk about it, and it was, and it's kind of the place to go and place to be. So I was excited when he thought about me, which I thought was like fantastic and awesome. But kind of speeding this up, 
is that he told me he wanted me to speak about some of the stuff that he'd heard me speak about, which was data and about how I was talking about this great separator. And so I said, no problem. Well, now here we are six, five, six months later, and I am now going to do this great separator presentation. And it's supposed to last about 15 to 20 minutes long. If some of you guys are out there, you know, you're thinking, Cass, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. But I kept it short. It's just a very, very snippet of it. So I hope that you enjoy it and uh, we'll start through it. So one of the things I wanted introduce myself and I'll be on stage. I'll do a couple different maybe intros to myself, but I was just traveling. It was crazy because it's really kind of chilly out, even though it's the desert and it's on the West Coast. I was at an IAOA and I was doing some traveling and I had um, my jacket and I had my coat and I usually fly direct, but I happened to get a, a non-one-stop uh, flight. And I'm in between getting ready to go from from one plane to the other, and I stopped to get, you know, a bag of chips, and I stopped to get some, uh, a bottle of water, and I got to prepare because I'm getting ready to go see a lot of my friends. Probably going to have some cold, refreshing beverages. Need to get that water down. And as I sit down, I sit down at one of those little tables where I'm sitting on one side and somebody's sitting on the other, um, and and it's pretty packed. So there's a person on the other side of the table, and I set all my stuff down on the table, and I'm sitting there going through my phone real quick, trying to catch up on anything uh, that I may have missed while I was on the flight. And I noticed that the gentleman in front of me, he, he kind of, by my mistake or something, takes my chips that I have sitting on the table and he kind of turns them towards him and takes one out and eats it. And I'm kind of looking at him and I'm thinking, well, this is kind of weird. And, and so I just kind of reach over and I take one of the chips out and he kind of looks up at me surprised and I eat the chip. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is, this is an unusual situation. I grab my water, I open it up, I'm drinking it, kind of looking at him, not really stare down, but it's kind of different. I can feel his eyes burning me in the head. And he, and he literally reaches over and grabs the thing of chips, pulls it a little bit closer to him, takes a chip out and eats it. And I'm really literally thinking to myself, this is, this is an unusual situation. I grab a chip and I eat it. He immediately grabs the whole bag of chips, kind of crumbles them up in his hand a little bit, stands up, turns around, goes over by the trash can, throws, it away, throws the, the bag away and walks away. And I'm thinking, wow, this is one of the craziest things I may have ever been a part of, right? And at that time, I realized, holy cow, I got to get to my plane. So I pick up my, my bag and my coat, and I'm getting ready to take off. And I look down, and there's my bag of chips. Now, see, that's, uh, yeah, I know. Tough day. Tough day, tough way to start it out. You know, there was my bag of chips. Poor guy was eating his chips. I want to tell you about my beginning and about my journey because I don't want to talk really a whole lot about it because this isn't about me and I want to get to what I'm here for. But I want to let you know that in 2001, I started in the insurance industry. In 2010, I uh, actually started a, a company, uh, for which was the Insurance Alliance, which I have now. And then also in 2013, created a podcast, it's number one in the insurance industry called Agents Influence. 2015, I wrote an Amazon best-selling book, uh, Customer Service is Just Foreplay. 
And in 2018, I also um, created Agency Intelligence, which is another podcast, but it's a company uh, that helps to give a voice to those people who have no voice. And it's an agency platform for people to be able to share their ideas. Um, in 2019, right now, I am writing what is called The Great Separator. It's coming together piece by piece. And this is a part of it. Well, here, let's get started here because let's get real. This is what we're knowing here. At least 40% of all businesses are going to die in the next 10 years if they don't figure out how to change and accommodate new technologies. Now, is it me saying that? That is literally executive chairman of Cisco Systems who's saying that. And you notice he uses the word change, and he also uses the word, I want to point out, entire company. Change their entire company which I think is crazy. And what does that look like? Well, a lot of us could say, well, we don't know what it looks like and we're trying to look for it. A lot of us could put our heads in the sand, but really digital Darwinism is here to stay. There's actually by Brian Solis, he calls it digital Darwinism. I've talked about this for many years, but digital Darwinism is here and true today because digital Darwinism is the evolution. Now pay attention here, loyal listeners. It is the evolution of the, uh, when consumer behavior and when society and technology evolve faster than your ability to deal with it. Let me say that again here. Digital Darwinism is the evolution of consumer behavior when society and technology evolve faster than your ability to adapt to it. So basically what's amazing, and here's something that I want to point out when it comes with digital Darwinism also, is that it, they also, it also says, if you look back at what Darwin says about regular Darwinism, is, is it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that is most adaptable to change. Now, see, why this is so important is this does away with a lot of, of myths. We have always heard that the strongest survives, so a fit, uh, survival of the fittest, right? It, it's not that. That's not it at all. It's that those that are most adaptable to change or are willing to adapt to the change or willing to change. That is the key. It's those people that have done that that have always built Darwinism as we went or that have progressed through what we know as Darwinism. Now, whether you agree with that or not, that's that's another conversation for another time. But this is what I'm looking at. And when we look at digital Darwinism, we can look at those companies that didn't adapt, that didn't change, you know, and, there, and, there, and, there's, and there's a whole list of them. I mean, we can look at Polaroid as number one. Now they're making a comeback, but they're making it in a certain segment, but they were out of business just like Kodak. How about Borders, those bookstores, Eaten Up, Blockbuster, no longer anymore. Those are companies that, uh, that experienced the digital Darwinism. They didn't change. Society and technology changed faster than their ability to adapt. And that's, and that's I mean, really key. But when we think about sometimes, you've heard me say this before, little listeners, that, you've, that if, you, if you try to change, you're only going to fall behind. It's about transformation. It, sometimes that seems like lip service, but really it, it means a lot. There's a whole lot packed into that. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just 
for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice. We're more than just talk. Cast approved. Because we always think, well, we've got to change. Well, we've got to be receptive to change in a lot of things, but not right now. Right now in technology and in our industry, of specifically the independent insurance industry, we need to see the transformation, not change. In the in music industry, it used to be vinyl records, right? Then it changed to eight tracks, and then it changed to cassettes, and then it changed to CD players. But when it transformed to iTunes and Spotify, that was a transformation, a transformation. And so that's important to understand the difference between what change and transformation is because it's transformation today is what's happening. And it's by using business intelligence. It's a technology-driven process for analyzing data and presenting actual information to help executives, managers, and other corporate end users that make informed business decisions. This gets so deep, it's amazing. Now, right now, I have to stay a mile wide and inch deep for the sake of this presentation. But any of this can be an inch wide and a mile deep because there's a lot to, that goes into this. And I'm trying to summarize it to, for you because the three pillars of business intelligence, which is key to this, is data, it's people, and it's process. And it's those three things that every business needs to look at and has to start with those and says the data, the people, and the process because they're all linked, but they're all separate. So it's a very, very interesting um, dynamic that does this. And data drives it all. Data is actually the thing that is the transformation. That's the difference between everything else. So here's three scenarios where data is transforming P to P. Now, I say P2P here because I want to give credit where credit is due um, to Mike Crowley, who said there is no more B2B or C2C or B2C. No, 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 no. It's P2P. It's people to people or person to person. That is how data is transforming everything that we do, that it even changes the way that we form relationships on a personal and a business level into where that line is being blurred. Here's three scenarios. The first one is the TV, okay? The TV is something that a lot of people don't think about, but you think about profit from the product or profit of the product. Why was it 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20, that flat screen TVs cost a, a ton of money and then they slowly would get less expensive? Everybody knows it's because technology got less and it was easier to make them and you could mass produce them. More people were buying them because of volume. They could make them less. All that's true. But, but notice what we said. 
it was all based on the of the type of technology that was inside of the product because the, that drove the cost of building it up. And then to get a profit, they had to go above and beyond what was what was the cost to produce it, right? See, simple economics, manufacturing, and how, how this is done. Today, yes, that technology is less, but companies also that sell TVs don't make profit off the product. They actually make profit off the product, but it's not the product that we're thinking about when we think of the TV. They will create a device or a TV and sell it pretty much at cost because they want to sell as many of them as they possibly can. Because when people like you and I buy them, now they will sell the data off of that device from us using that device for the next 10, 15, 20 years and make way more of a profit than they would by just making a profit on the TV itself. So there's a lot to be that's noticed of the profit of the product and realizing that the product where the profit is coming from is us and not so much from the product itself. Facebook is free because they are getting the data from us. They always say if there's a game being played and you don't know about it, you're usually the game being played. And that's where it is here, not in a mean way, but we have to understand that data is changing the way that companies are looking at where their profit margins are coming from and what is actually their business model. And that's important to realize because that goes to every business out there. And no one is immune from that. IBM, when you look at IBM and some of the stuff that they have going on with, you're thinking, well, they're a big time computer tech company. That's what they do. Yeah, but they're also utilizing their own systems to try and figure out better ways for things like health insurance. If they figure with all of their making this up, 80,000 employees they have, if they can make it work better for them, then maybe they can make find something better for the rest of our country. One of the things that they do is they outfit their people with Apple watches or devices, and it will monitor how often they work out. And what's really, what's really cool about it is, is if the person hasn't went to the gym in a while, it will then, the, the software program that works in conjunction with the health insurance company and IBM and all of its network of vendors will, let's just give you an example, it would just hit the gym company and would say, hey, did you know that Jason hasn't been to the gym in a while? And all this, and and the gym would say, yes, from our records, it looks like this. And maybe it's sharing. This is This is from a high level. But then the gym would then hit me on a text and say, hey, Jason, you haven't been to the gym in a while. If you come in, we'll have half off free smoothies. And I think, wow, that's fantastic. The problem with it is I'm at home watching the kids. The wife's at work or the wife's out doing what she needs to do. She's doing some running some errands. And then, boom, I get a little thing that says, hey, no problem. We've got we're going to set you up with an Uber discount that'll come and get you because it knows this stuff. Right. It knows about my life. The data that is surrounding my life allows me to it to know where I am. Right. If, if I want to use the Uber, the Uber knows right where to come to. And I think, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I really I really can't do that because I've got the kids and I need a babysitter and the wife's gone. And boom, it pops up on there and says Christina's babysitting service where if you buy one hour, you get another hour free. These are the type of things that 
that work together to help better that employee's health, which makes them a better person and improves the culture of the business as a whole to not really get rid of the excuses, maybe get rid of the excuses, but to work within the confines of that person's life and try to help it all together. There are data, there's data that is floating around right now about all of us that could pretty much piece where we are together. There's a platform out there that you can go and if you've done like over 10,000 tweets in your life or something, I don't know what, what number it is, it's high, but if you put it in and you let it analyze your tweets, it'll predict your next tweet. This is what data does by allows us to come together and to be seen together and actually be delivered something. Could you imagine being sold something? We said they say we're trying to be sold something at least a thousand times a day. What if you were sold something 500 times a day, but it was exactly the type of product that you needed and when you needed it? You wouldn't see it as such as a sell. And actually, the advertisers who know that you don't need have any uh, interest in their product, they don't really have a financial reason to get adverse spend advertising with you. But right now they have to because we don't use data effectively in the things that we do. And it's already there. And there's places that can help us use it. Another place that you can look at, the third scenario I like to look at, is what this insurance company here, Hippo, is doing. Literally, you can type your address in there and you can get an instant quote literally in 45 seconds. And you can have a policy and paid for in about three and a half to four minutes. It's pretty amazing. But it's not so much how they're just trying to use data to generate all that information to where you don't have to ask all those questions about square footage and that it just grabs it and boom, here it is. It's, it's a phenomenal technology. But it's also the things that the way that they service the customer, not only just at the beginning, not just during how you can make your bill, but when you have the claim and some of the different things that they can do. Because one of the states that they do a lot of business in is California. And if there's a California wildfire, a lot of companies usually find out from their insured if they were a victim of it or not, if their house went down, but not Hippo. Hippo has their high technology company that has an integration into the national database that anytime there's a fire that would come that comes about, it is hit into the national database. And if it, and if it fits into the geographic area of any one of where their houses are that they would be insuring in any state, it immediately flips a trigger, sets off some automations. Once again, this is from a high level that then would notify Hippo, but also notifies the insurer. So you would maybe get a text that would say, hey, want to let you know there's a fire over on the other side of the hill um, and we want you to know about it. You have about 20 minutes to get away. Now keep away or to get out of your house and evacuate. Now keep in mind, the 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 this is probably before maybe even the fire department has even got a chance to get there, but they're already alerting you, already letting you know these things. Then what they're doing is you can maybe get another text that says, hey, one of the things we want you to know is, yes, you now that you're evacuating, where are you going to go? We've already lined you up a hotel down the road. And what these insurance companies will do is they will buy blocks of these hotels and they will pay 25% to the hotel if they don't use those blocks that they set, usually around fire time, and they'll pay 125% 
of it if they use it just to make sure that that block is held out there. So it's a win for the hotel, but it's also a win for the insurance company to be able to help the, the client. And by the way, if you have a 78 or 80-year-old ambulatory um, elder person, grandma, grandpa out there, we already know about that. And we have an ambulance on the way um, to serve it to, to get them as well. This is the kind of service that they're allowed to do because of the actual data that is out there and can be shared and can be communicated in real time. And these things today really seem like these are things that like, well, yeah, that's so far off into the future or that that's not going to that doesn't have anything to do with me. These are things that big businesses didn't think they could do either a couple of years ago. And it really starts to happen quickly. And, and who drives this change is the consumer. Once they start getting these type of services and, and, and they start realizing that the value of their insurance policy or the value of the company they're doing business with is because they know them, they know their expectations, that's a very, very powerful thing that consumers are going to be attracted to. And that is going to be part of the great separator. And so in the evolution of this data-driven company, and, and, and that is what we do specifically. You heard me mention earlier that I was an insurance agent. And that's what we do at the Insurance Alliance is we help businesses try to find out where they are in this evolution of data-driven company because you can do this for insurance. For instance, agent, companies that we deal with that pay 500 to maybe a million dollars in premium a year are able to see two, three, four hundred thousand dollars shaved off by using data that they already have in their business. And we say this all the time. Businesses know how to track their productivity. They know how to track their quality. They probably have an own department to that, but they don't know how to track their safety. And everything they need to know is already happening. And when you can, when you can mold that together and deliver that to an insurance company, it can save you big time money. So as a business, you need to be looking at what your consumers are needing, what they're needing. But you also need to be looking at yourself and saying, how can I analyze this for my own business? So I hope you got a lot out of this. This is really the evolution of data-driven company from data-resistant, data-aware, data-guided, data-savvy, and data-driven. And you can kind of look at it. And most businesses are in that data-resistant where the organization is actively resist data. Uh, that's not important. No, that's something that we don't need. There's so much data out there. There's structured data and there's unstructured data. Structured data is what you have in your computer, phone numbers, but, you know, addresses, that stuff. Unstructured data is talking on the phone, communication and conversations that are happening between you and clients. That data is not being captured. That's the behavioral data that will drive the evolution of a company that today you can get away with not having it. But in the future, you're going to have to be halfway up this ladder or not or you're going to be separated. It's been Jason Cass with The Great Separator, and I appreciate your time. So there you go. I mean, I kind of went inside of it, you know, inside of it, back outside of it. But overall, that's what my presentation is going to be on Tuesday. I hope you guys liked it. I don't even know what my time was. I don't even know how long I actually was on there. But uh, I hope you guys like that, man, because that's what this episode of Agents Influence was about. I uh, wanted to just to kind of take a break. I know we've been having a lot of like awesome stuff. Um, our downloads are up tremendous, guys. 
up tremendous. I, I release uh, monthly. It should be coming out. Today's the 30th. I'll be cutting um, and posting what my numbers are in uh, inside agency intelligence. So be sure to check those out because you're going to be like, dang, Cass is right. He's growing and I'm growing only because of you. We are growing here at agents into agency intelligence because what we need to know is, do you know of anybody that is like an awesome person in this industry? They're doing something incredible. Maybe they're a sales rock star. Maybe they've figured out how to be the best account manager in the world. You know, that's what we need. And hit me at Jason at agency intelligence.com. Jason at agency intelligent or agency dash intelligent jason at agency dash intelligence.com sorry about that couldn't get that out be sure to to check that out send me anything that uh anybody you have and i will um do a little interview reach out to them and i think if they fit the awesome vibe that we have going on here and there can deliver some value to agents i'm totally going to bring them on also be sure to check out aibrainshare.com aibrainshare.com go there i'm telling you either the waiting list is up or actually the uh, details of of what's going on it should be up because registration is going to open up sometime around the first of march somewhere in that area first week of march uh, mastermind members will get to go in five days early so they'll get to get in. They're going to grab 70, 80 of, of the seats of the 150 possible. Whew. Throw in those sponsors. I'm telling you, don't have much. Get on the waiting list. And that's the only way you're going to have a chance of possibly getting in because I can only take 150. This has been Jason Cash with Agents Influence Podcast. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This is Jason Cash, and I am out. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. It's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified.